On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Loki is the best premiere of the week or if Sweet Tooth will take it down. And if Fitz or Simmons get voted best couple despite barely being together during the season. And if TV Podcast Industries will convince Mike it's better to cover one show at a time. All of that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every single live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host of this very big, very packed, very important, very exciting show. Um, It's been a while since we've had an episode this big. I'm not ready to do this all on my own, though. So I've brought my friends along. Uh, First, let me introduce Ryan. God damn it. What, you didn't want to be introduced first? Or? No, I just always guess wrong. I, I, the whole time I was thinking, oh, she's going to do Mike, because Mike looks more handsome than me today, and that's a rare occurrence. <laughs> today. How did you know that is how I pick on who to introduce, though? You just had that feeling, or is it because I specifically, every time after we record, I rank how you guys look? I, I, I don't know if it's exactly handsome, but I will say you choose whoever has put more blackout stage makeup on their teeth, mm-hmm. who has blacked out more of their teeth. And today, Mike yeah, is handsome. missing four teeth. Yeah. And you know what? That shows commitment. When I, that's what I like to see. And the fact that the teeth he chose aren't the ones you would think. So I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but <I'm> an innovator. <laughs> that innovator you're hearing is Mike. Welcome to the pod, Mike. Thank you. My secret this week is I got into a hockey match fight. A hockey oh, match clearly. fight, as they say. <laughs> you stepped onto the rink and called it that, and they beat the <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> and all 13 of them beat the shit out of me. <laughs> Is it 13 on the ice? Did he just throw a fact at us to show that he does know? It's not it at all. Fact. It's not at all. <laughs> no? No. Come on, maybe. Oh, man. 12 people on the rink at all times. Ooh, so uh, close. And the ref. <laughs> the uh, ref also the ref. beat the crap out of me. Um, and Mike, so. I just, I want to warn the li- first-time listeners, and every episode has one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one, exactly. <laughs> legally. This is not our average show. This show is, uh, it's bearing down on us it's probably going to be four or five hours typically we like to get in and out of here in like an hour or that's what we say we're going to do mm-hmm. um i wonder I w- what i would like to ask the listeners is would they do they want the show to be as long as it needs for us to cover everything or should it just always be an hour and we have to do it in that time and just talk fast talk fast or just fucking avoid things talk, talk fast and take chances. like do we have to have the four minute bit every week about why is the flash still on i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but what else would we Will rely? we do it today? Yes. <laughs> you bet. But see, our problem is, is like, let's say we give each show like two minutes. Then we don't get to bullshit as much because it takes us a while to get into the shows. That's so true. at what point? People come for what they think will be hard-hitting takes on Sweet Tooth, but they stay for the bullshit. Mm-hmm. They got to. That's what we tell ourselves every day, <laughs> crying ourselves to sleep. <laughs> but I guess we can cut the bullshit. I don't know. We do have a large show packed with a lot of superhero stuff. So do you guys just want to like, do you want to take a chance to talk about something not superhero TV chance, or just chance, jump take into... Take a chance, take a chance. Would you call it a large show? It's like you were calling it a fat show and you got a memo from the board. <laughs> It's a big ol' show, and it's coming up right now. Big ol' feedback show. (laughs) 
and start it off. Do you have another? Do you have a? Can you top feedback show, Ryan? Yeah, the show's got a nice dumper. <laughs> no, <laughs> biggest mistake I've ever made. Coming up right now, it's time for the return of the shushies. It is time. We have finally made it. It's the triumphant return of the shushies, the shushy awards. When uh, I think it's the biggest award like show of the season and everybody really looks forward to this the people have been waiting long enough and uh this is of course the awards that we give away this week we will be determining the best couple and this is best romantic couple best on-screen duos later where there is romance different yeah uh okay guys this is are you excited are we ready to hand out some shishies so excited because i mean it obviously is the the most uh Celebrated Night in Hollywood. Celebrated Night in Hollywood, most anticipated awards. But it's also because it takes up three – it's longer than a baseball season. Uh, (laughs) So, like, finally, it's like, didn't we just stop doing the shishies a couple months ago? Yeah. Well, uh, so many people will give out all of the awards in one three-hour fall swoop. And we do one a week for 53 weeks, which makes it really hard to finish. Oh, yeah. Leap weeks. Um. This is one of my uh, most anticipated awards because of last year. Um, Watchmen, Angela and Cal were the winner. That show's mm-hmm. off the air. Elida uh, and Amay were nominated. You know who that is? From, uh, Gal- oh, what's the one with Tim Rosin in space? Yeah, Tim Rosin in space. Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> the one. <laughs> my favorite sci-fi show. <laughs> Tim Rosin in space. That's Vagrant off queen. the air. Ray and Nora left the show from Legends of Tomorrow, and Major and Liv were the final nomination. So oh, dang. This is wide the fuck open. I will say, though, that there was one show that skipped last year's Shushies, and that may have an effect on this year's awards. Before we get to... What was nominated? Let's get to what's not. Um, no Agents of Shield couples were nominated. No, Cassie is I'm a monster. <laughs> uh, no Fitz and Simmons. No um, Quake May and Coulson. no Mae Colson and no Daisy and Susa. Which Agents yeah, of yes. Shield uh, couple would you have liked to have made it? Fitz Simmons. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to take this from you. Also, the way the voting works, just so you know, Mike, Cassie can't single-handedly hold them back. Can't so. she, though? I can. Can't <laughs> she, though? Oh, wait. Hold on. I'm just, it's just being reported that she absolutely can. I absolutely can. Um, and then I want to talk to you about this one, Mike. Cassie, take your headphones off. You got it. Um, She's not doing it. Does this, does best couple to you, just to get nominated, does it have to be, like, a couple that you admire, that you wish, a relationship that you were in? I did... I don't know if I'm like getting older, but I do think I voted this year differently. Where I'm like, this is a healthy couple. <laughs> like, that's how I, I voted. I so really it's like, to... how long would your therapy sessions be with them? And that's yes. Uh, and I guess the shorter they are, the harder they fall. Uh... Absolutely. <laughs> I was very disappointed that uh, Homelander and Stormfront were not nominated for best couple this year. One of the most interesting, engaging couples that we had over the last fifty-two weeks. What they, the they're, hell they're does also... that mean? <laughs> Also, yes, they're engaging to watch, but they're also like kind of trying to kill each other at all times. So I don't know if best couple. If, like, <laughs> Maybe we should have sex scene then. And yes. they will win sex scene of the year. That's what they're For only sure. turned on after murder. Like, how is this going to be a successful good, couple? Clean, healthy Americans. <laughs> Maybe I'm revealing too much about my marriage. I almost <laughs> said my current marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, once she hears this, it'll end. Yeah. All right, Cassie, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Mike, chime in, please. Chime, chime. Okay. Thank you. Never mind. Uh, the first nominee, also nominated last year, is Sarah and Ava from Legends of Tomorrow. And this is this one's going to me. 
Yes. Great couple. How could you not you not respect this? This is a business couple if I've ever seen one. A I couple that, that absolutely handles what work. What do you mean by business couple? The one's always in a suit, isn't she? Okay, Mike, why okay. don't you weigh in? <laughs> There's so much support and love. They they look at the world very differently, but th- this is a couple that kind of never did the will they, won't they? They just kept going, we will, and we will even harder. <laughs> and sometimes the universe keeps them apart, but they always have each other's back and learn about each other's foibles in a, in a, in a very healthy way, going with that theme. Uh, we've recently talked about the last couple of weeks of how the separation has definitely helped characterize Ava, the characterization right. of Ava. Now we get to see what she's like other than Sarah's partner. And right. even though it's still all about the Sarah, it would be for anybody who got to go out with Sarah Lance. Yeah, come on. Yeah. You're with Sarah Lance. That's all you're going to be about. That's fine. Cassie, the next nominee is, it says Superman and Lois. It doesn't say the name of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe probably, uh, I guess, Smallville. Or should we say Clark and Lois? Is that... That's probably more accurate. Clark and Lois. Lois and Clark, the new adventures. <laughs> the Did adventure. they discover America in a plane with Pocahontas? Uh-huh. <laughs> Dean Cain was in it, so we don't talk about it much anymore. All right. But again, a business couple, if I've ever seen them. But what I do actually like about this... <laughs> Neither of them wear suits, asshole. <laughs> I think Lois probably a has a least... to be seen. <laughs> when he is Clark Kent and he was a reporter, I believe he was in a suit. So, fuck off, Mike. But, um... He always wears, like, plaid. That's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> Sorry, Cassie. You go. A couple that can wear plaid together is a couple that stays together. <laughs> But they are, what I like about them is how they handle their, like, family issues. And, uh, you know, this is the first couple, well, one of the first couples where one is super powered and he isn't afraid to, like, recommend, like, therapy. They just constantly support each other. When they need to talk about issues, they open up a bottle of wine and go on their porch and talk Mm -hmm. with each other. Like, it's a very healthy relationship. I just, uh, real quick, I want to clarify Cassie is not saying to all the gentlemen out there, don't be afraid of recommending therapy to your partner. <laughs> that doesn't no, no, always no, no. work out as well no. as it does for Bitch, are you and your period? You probably need therapy. <laughs> Solved it the responsible way. <laughs> that does get my seal of approval when you go out. Go out, my beautiful voice. <laughs> uh, this show's only been on for, you know, six or seven weeks. Is mm-hmm. Or six or seven episodes. It's been 40 weeks. I. Uh, does it surprise you that they made it all the way to the top five? Again, I think they're so strong and like, well, well, I think a, a great, especially <laughs> Lois, right? And, and there it is. I think a mark of a great relationship is they are good parents. One of them is trying to be a good parent. One of them just is a good parent. Uh, <laughs> but it is marriage first. Like the boys will have problems, but if they have problems, they're like, no, let's crack the wine and solve our shit first. Lois and Clark are what made this family so Lois and Clark are what we need to make sure always is taken care of. And that's dope, man. Fuck your kids. There's a lot of comparisons <laughs> to the FNL, and that's because of the mm-hmm. sort of peaceful farm shots. Sure. And, uh, and the way Lois goes, hey, y'all, with her hands up. <laughs> and the high school football. But a lot of it is coaching coach's wife. You know, like yes. this, is, this definitely harkens back to that. Your next nominee for couple of the year is Wanda and Vision. From Wanda, Vision. See, I guess I'm surprised they're making it on here because uh, one is manipulative the whole time. And, uh, and the other's Lois. Gaslighting. No. And the other's Lois. <laughs> uh, I think that's the lowest common denominator joke you could have made there, Ryan. Okay. Cassie from the top. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't see. To me, it's not that surprising because, I mean, she loved him so much that she used her powers to bring him back to life. There's and a like, lot of love here. There's a lot of, it might not be the healthiest love. And a at lot that, of lies. A lot of, and you know what? That's a good good combination in my book. 
Do you guys think the WandaVision award should have gone to Catherine Hahn and her unseen husband? Yeah. yeah. Ralph. <laughs> her <laughs> husband, Ralph. <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely an intriguing couple. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of screen time that they spent apart, but, but it really was like a, you know, love destroys all sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though one's a robot. Your next one is from the show Winona Earp. It's Waverly and Hot, who got married at the end of the show. Well, they got married at the end of the show, so that, that, that might be a shoo-in. We're all kind of suckers for weddings around these parts. A shushy shoo-in? The shushy shoo-in. Did they skip last year? Mm-hmm. Did you reveal it? Yeah. No so, nominees last year because they had no episodes. They had no episodes. They just took all... Where I like that where Superman and Lois are taking every three weeks, they take two weeks off. Uh-huh. Uh, Winona Herb uh, just took a year and a half off. You almost just called it Winona Ryder. <laughs> Winona Ryder doesn't work that much these days. Uh, but yeah, Weha, I, I think, again, just like a strong couple who supports each other. They go through their own shit. They, they let them live their own lives. In, in an Ava and Sarah type thing, we saw Hot try to live without Waverly. She did not do as strongly as Ava's doing, I'm going to say. No, she went a little porch crazy. <laughs> she went a little porch crazy, and then didn't she, like, kick an artichoke out of somebody's hand and puke all over the bar? Oh, no. What was that? Was that a cake or a, a ham? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something was kicked. Um, also, I don't know if this is because it's sci-fi and a lot of the other nominees that we have are Disney and CW, mm-hmm. but can't stop fucking. Like, they just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this show almost, like, made me, like, pull the blinds down. Like, it is, like, <laughs> make sure the doors are locked. Am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> You watch all these episodes on a plane, right? Yeah. Without headphones. Your final nominee is from Winona Earp. It's Doc and Y. See, this is the opposite of Way Hot, where you have like a couple that just is like solid and makes sense to be together, where Waverly's like this perfect like little angel. And now this is literally. a fuck up a literal angel. And now we got our fucked up couple that you just have to love. Mm-hmm. A couple that probably shouldn't, like, is so fucked up that, like, they work together. And you got to root for them just to be, like, little disasters together. And that's a couple that's always going to get my vote. You no, know, we know. I see how you support your friends and relationships. <laughs> they, they're, again, like, do we all think that kid, that they, the, the season, the series ends with them going to find their kid? That kid's life was better without these two Oh, yeah. Parents, right? <laughs> Because a, a, like a normal fight for them is to scream at each other, kill a bunch of people. One of them becomes a vampire. The other becomes a mummy. Uh, so yeah, they get covered in blood and fuck. <laughs> like. All right. So your nominees are Sarah and Ava, Clark and Lois, Wanda and Vision, Waverly and Hot, and Doc and Winona. Cassie, where do you think this is going? Uh, Clark and Lois. Mike, way hot. I think it, I I think it's got to be way hot. Like it's the end of the season or series. Series. Yeah. Series wedding. And your winner is. Oh, the gremlins are I know, pull, tell us. pull it out of the gremlins' mouth. <laughs> Get that out of there. It's Clark and Lois from Superman and Lois. Wow. Oh, see, dang. Cassie puts her thumb on the scale. Freshman show taking the awards down. That's shocking, man. Which we did have a lot uh, last year because Watchmen and Stargirl won almost everything. Yeah. <laughs> Those are two solid shows though. But I think this one does live up to it. And I think it is we are just appreciating like healthy relationships and I don't know if that's because of the pandemic or what, but a good relationship <laughs> now is just kind of We good. all went to therapy in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, time to podcast think. world. We're over here respecting healthy relationships. <laughs> <laughs> go tell your girlfriends to go to therapy. Well, but that's it for the shishies. Okay. Well, Thank you for that, Ryan. Uh, It's time for me to take back over, and we're going to go to our main event, which is Loki. 
It's Loki. What? It's lo- it's it's Loki. This show. Loki, which show? God, I hate you. It's Loki. <laughs> After a harrowing six weeks with no MCU content, Loki is here. If you thought it was weird that Loki just disappeared halfway through Avengers Endgame, now you finally get some answers. Loki has been a bad little time bandit, and it's up to the Time Variance Authority to punish him. But before his sentence is handed out, Owen Wilson steps in. Wilson needs Loki's help because there might be another Loki time variant running around killing people. Taste buds, I ask you this. Did this exposition-heavy episode have enough story and drama within it to make it a good episode in and of itself, or are you just ready for the next ready for next week? I don't know if it had enough story or drama, but it had vibes in spades, and I'm yeah. here for the vibes that Loki the show is bringing us. Let's go over those because I found them wonderful yeah. and some of them surprising. So, what do you mean by that? Well, I didn't. Do you mean Cisco Ramon? Was on the Sis- show? Yeah, Cisco Ramon in the background surprised me. Uh, I didn't expect uh, the MCU to whole cloth rip off Legion uh, aesthetic <laughs> style, and I'm here for it. The, the very like 70s, 60s, 70s timeless vibe. That The whole TVA is the Legion set. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's awesome. It's, it's got, uh, first of all, anything that has to do with fantasy bureaucracy, I think this is because I grew up as a big fan of Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that has oh, to yeah. do with fantasy bureaucracy, I'm just super into. Um, but this is droll and drab, like the 70s were, even though I guess in New York, Studio 54, it was not. But everywhere else in the world, the 70s were just this awful, colorless place. With, and this is, I think, the most important part. This is the thing that made the episode for me. Fucking classic 1950s uh, animated documentary. Yeah. I can't get enough of that <laughs> I- shit. I, I want them to sell shirts. I want to buy all the things with those little animations. Uh, <laughs> shirt, socks, underwear. I, I want I want Miss Minutes on things. Uh, <laughs> and that she has a very like, hi, I'm Mr. DNA from uh-huh. Jurassic Park vibes. I knew that was uh, instantly going to get you guys. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is Mike and Ryan shit. That I want to shout out. That's uh, the voice actress is Tara Strong, who took over for Harley. D- does a lot of cartoon Harley Quinn. Not not the Harley Quinn TV show, but like every other incarnation of Harley Quinn. She's a great voice actress. I thought it was Kristen Chenoweth for sure. Oh, she's definitely doing a... She is burning. She is razzing Chenoweth's ass with this impression. <laughs> Somebody needs to, finally. <laughs> Cassie, what were the vibes that you got? Uh, the vibes that, like, it was kind of along those lines, but with what comes with that old technology is also the vibe of just, like, how all, they really focused on the mundane, like, worse aspects of, like, our human world, like, DMV lines and, like, pulling a number and stuff. Pulling a ticket, yeah. <laughs> and there's just, like, these vibes of even, like, so you see at one point uh, Owen Wilson takes Loki to, like, overlook the whole, like, outside area and it's a super spacey, like, high-tech thing and then they go, like, he's holding, like, a file folder and they gotta go through, like, some bullshit, like, DMV line right after that and it's just the contrast between those two that I really enjoyed. There was a lot about the TVA that sort of brings you to your knees, which was really important in the first episode of Loki. Somebody who typically is into bringing other people to their knees. Um, And one of them is bureaucracy, you know? Like, we're all the same at the DMV. We're all made to just follow these terrible rules. The other one I want to get to real quick is we do have the benefit of recording this a couple days after the premiere, so we've seen how the internet reacted. Um... The internet had a real problem with just a drawer full of Infinity Stones. Mm. Um, but I, w- I wish people they would watch. Did? Yes. There was a real problem with that. That How could they ask us to spend the last decade of our lives caring about these stones that are just f- put in a drawer? Um, but if you watch 
the episode and know what storytelling is. We needed Loki to believe in that moment, on that page, in that second. We needed Loki to believe how big and powerful the TBA was. And that was right. the perfect way to do it. Mm-hmm. And it and- is... Uh, it's, it's all part of their plan and everything like they obviously like they can jump way ahead in the future so who knows eventually at some point like you know like we we've already gone through like thanos has them all and everything so like who knows when they gathered those up because they can time travel so like at some point you just got to take those that powerful thing away but the part where thanos saying gotta catch them all Infinity <laughs> Stones, was that weird no i like use 10 more minutes of that 10 yeah, more I, minutes mike I, anytime it's like the that surprised me so i don't like it uh, I don't like the internet for that. I really don't like them. Like you're saying, the last ten years of my life, my real ass life, doesn't matter because it doesn't matter here. I think it's such a smart way for the MCU, like Kevin Feige and crew, to say, "We're wiping the board." Just like Loki needs to stop caring about the Infinity Stones, so do you. Like, let's just move on to whatever the next chapter is, and it doesn't erase. Just like any any reboot doesn't erase your childhood, it just means move on to this next thing. Right, I mean, like, Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy doesn't erase, you know, Tim Burton's first two movies. Yes. But this, we still get to keep the content. Anyway, I, I don't. maybe I shouldn't bring up what the internet thought of things, because Mike gets so red-faced. And <laughs> well, it, it, so it helps that I ignore the internet, and then I roll in here, and you just deliver me the breaking news. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? So I don't have the time to emotionally learn. Fuck the internet, though, man. Oh, man. I do want to talk about, because we are, since this is focusing on Loki, we do have get to see, like, a more sensitive side of him, or, like, a side, like, the real side of him, not this, like, bow down to me, which we've got just glimpses of. But the boy is going through it in this one, and he has multiple multiple like life like existential crises throughout this and how do you think like Hiddleston is like do you think the story writing for it is good and how do you think Hiddleston is handling like that more emotional yeah I mean with all the exposition that's happening um that's I, I'm, I'm not worried about plot moving forward in an episode like this I I do worry about characterization because that's usually what's put aside and that just absolutely wasn't um I didn't love the WandaVision finale as much as everybody else did because I wasn't as astonished by the break down a boat and rebuild it or change a part of the boat thing that the vision and vision conversation had. And it's kind of an old conversation, but this Owen Wilson and who I'm never going to learn the character's name, right? That's just fucking Owen Wilson. (laughs) Uh, Owen and Loki together in this, what boils down to a therapy session was I thought so engaging and very like, Subtly at first, and then not at all, but then not caring, breaking down in a meta sense what it means to be a villain to yeah. the audience and and why we need villains. And Marvel, specifically, their issue with villains is that they're just there so things can happen for the heroes. And Owen Wilson straight up tells Loki <laughs> that. Like, your life only matters to get the people we care about, to get them from point A to point right. B. Uh, I thought... I w- even though we didn't get a lot of like soap opera shit, I was thoroughly engaged. Mm-hmm. We got it there subtly, and then it was a little more that the whole this whole show will be whose story matters is when he's on trial and he says, "You bureaucrats won't dictate how my story ends." And the judge says, "It's not your story. It never was your story." Mm-hmm. Like that, the conversation with Owen and that is letting us know that this is if each if if Wandavision is about grief. And Falcon and Winter Soldier was about like the history, the hidden history of America, or ignored history of America. Then this is about identity and where you find yourself when you, the world tells you you're not actually important. It's a you know very obvious fate and destiny stuff, and how much we yeah. fight against fate, like how 
how defeating and depleting it is to hear that it's all ready written for you. Right. And and so yeah, so then you're getting into religion. They probably won't tackle real religion. Just keep it Asgardian, but like and for the Hiddleston of it all, I think there's a reason people love the character Loki, even though he's been the star or co-star of some of the worst fucking Marvel movies. This guy, one, this show reminds us he's super funny. Like, he plays the comedy big beats really well. And then when he's breaking down crying, watching his mom die, like, yeah. over and over again, like, he, this kid can do it all. And I think that's why he doesn't do very well in non-Marvel stuff, because the non-Marvel stuff is like, well, you're very serious, so be very serious. And forgetting that, like, no, be funny, man. You're really good at being funny. Yeah. I think it's important, like, it's a really good choice to have Loki deal with this, like, existential of this, like, you know, all the choices are essentially made for you. Because he really broke him because he is the god of mischief. So, like, you know, all of his decisions of, like, he always, he, like, prided himself on the fact that he was thought he was going, like, off the path and making these, like, mischievous choices. But when in reality, like, all of them were within this line that these people were allowing, which is just going to break this boy. I'm just realizing that when he is a girl, we call her Lady Loki, but shouldn't we have called her Ms. Chiff? Dang. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the, none of this could have happened. Hiddleston could not have brought in all this out. Like, as good of an actor as he is, as funny as he is, as great as he is with that, like, almost, not quite, but almost Will Ferrell, Steve Carell uh, pomposity uh-huh. uh, without Owen Wilson. And when we were doing yes. best couple best romantic couple i wanted to point out that this is not best on screen duo because is this award one guys i want to ask you is this <laughs> done might. after one hour what's genius about casting owen wilson uh because he like he doesn't disappear into his roles right like you refuse to learn his character's name he's owen wilson but <laughs> loki is an extra bitch whether he's an anti-hero or full-on uh, burdened by glorious purpose. He is over dramatic and over the top. And so just bringing in a guy to go, wow, <laughs> is the, the best. And him being like, oh, no, you sound super smart. But like in a tone that you're like, are you being sarcastic right now? Like is, it's the perfect uh, modern Abbott Costello kind of dual energies you want. And a lot of the old school Owen Wilson, like when he was at his height, like starring in comedies, a lot of it was really long monologues almost uh-huh. um and that's not here what is here is just his soft calm voice yes <laughs> uh he he tells somebody to go run some i don't know take the sample take it to the time lab and they're like well you know it's not going to turn up anything and he's like wow just let's try it anyway and i'm just like oh <laughs> yeah let's try it Owen wilson i will do whatever you ask me to do in that voice he has that <laughs> same tone when he's telling, like, when he's t- showing Loki that he does enjoy hurting people, you know? It's just still yeah. this monotone, like, look at you. You love torturing people. And I'm like, wow. And he wow. gets to be cocky, but also, like, gets people to open up all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes it seem like where this character you would almost laugh at, like, seeing Owen Wilson to be, like, this really high up guy who takes on, like, the extreme variants in this company. But then you see that he is also kind of a badass in the fact that he is such a snarky little bitch who just uh-huh. does not care. Like, anybody, anybody who doesn't care at that level, you do have to fear. It's, it's, <laughs> there's a way of, deli- I think we can all on this show and in this world learn from his delivery because he doesn't get emotional if somebody's saying, you're wrong. He just, Always talk in a tone that people cannot tell if you're fucking with them. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get away with a lot of things. <laughs> but honestly, I want to... I always, in my real life, uh, sort of like hedge on the side of they are fucking with me, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I, with him, I would always say, yeah, I don't want him to be. So I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm going to pretend like he's not. You know? I don't... I just... I want him to not be fucking with me. Uh. And he, if you said that to him, he would probably be like, yeah, buddy, that's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you were, so we're clearly on board with this, like, you know, exposition, exposition heavy, but, um, if it does pick up on this next episode, because we do have this like time variant Loki going on, like, do you think are you cool with it if it also turns more actiony, or do you think this will always more focus on like this side? They're always going to turn actiony. I think WandaVision taught us that that mm-hmm. even this sitcom of a show couldn't stop from doing big Marvel. Let's shoot different colors at each other with our hands in the end. The pew pews. The pew pews. <laughs> they pew pewed from their fingertips, and this will at some point as well. <laughs> yeah, and I mean. Uh, action is whatever, but the mystery box of it all, like, the, it was perfect. I, if you're going to have this talky, this exposition of an episode to end it with how they did, which is to go back to the 1800s, I think that Catherine Hahn was killing her mother 100 yeah. yards that Ooh, way. That <laughs> uh, and have this mysterious, who I'm guessing is Lady Loki. I don't know. Maybe we all, the internet already knows who it is. I don't Yeah, it's Lady Loki or Richard E. Grant Loki. So there's a lot of Lokis running around. There's a lot of Lokis running around. Um, but yeah, to just say, okay, you you sat here and you listened to two people talk for an hour, so now you get your whodunit. You know? And I think right. that's a really good decision. Yeah. Um, I, before we go, we're almost out of time, but what are your predictions on how this will rank on like the Disney Marvel shows for you guys? Is it? Do you think, is WandaVision, I think, is probably at our tops for everyone? Mm-hmm. And then do you think this has any chance of surpassing that? Based on this one episode, I do. I'm a yeah. sucker for these vibes. I'm a sucker for <laughs> those vibes. You love vibes. Give me more Eugene Cadero. Uh, oh, <laughs> Eugene. Future Pop Filter Hall of Famer Eugene Cadero. I'm just going to throw that fish? out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that it's based on this, it's going to definitely be better than Falcon and Winter Soldier. And yes. WandaVision had, was the first and had so much originality, so it may just be this like, it may just get the Citizen Kane ranking. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm hopeful. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. Uh, that is all time. I uh, sorry, I don't think it'll pass up Marvel's Runaways, but we'll see. <laughs> well, what could? What has like that potential? Someday my interruption's gonna be worth it, Cassie. You just wait. <laughs> Someday. Everyone will be so proud of you when it is. Um, before we go, though, Ryan, you were telling me about a website. Uh, just go ahead. It's website time. Go ahead and show your website. Okay, so uh, I just wanted a way to like sort of hide my key to my front door in a place but i wanted it to be marvel related but i uh, i wanted to just do the classic thing and put it under my mat but i didn't want anybody to see it so it was going to be my and it's in the shape of the thor's brother uh but it's on the ground under the mat but it was like super hidden away so it's uh my low-key 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 dot com it's just a key in the shape of low-key that goes under your mat and how many different ways is Loki spilt there? Three. That'll be three. Okay, great. Not confusing at all. And the order? Uh, Loki, and then Loki, and then Loki. Right, got it. I see no, it. That's the only <laughs> obvious way. Right? I see it right there. So you don't think seeing a little Loki out front of a house would be like... Draw it's under the in- mat, Cassie. Oh, it's, it's under the it's mat. under the mat. Obviously under the mat. Okay, so why does it need to look like Loki if it's under a mat? Because I'm a Marvel fan. Oh, and you why want just... Why does anything in my house need to look like Marvel, <laughs> yeah. Cassie? And that's just for you, though. So you just want you to know, like, when you see Loki there, you're like, I am a Marvel fan. I but, do enjoy yeah. this. My Spider-Man condoms aren't for anybody else <laughs> but for me, Cassie. Uh, man, do those things spray out webs. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, well, if the thief finds it, I want them to pull the mat up, and the thief will be like, low-key, that low-key key is on the ground, and it's a, it's a low-key, mm-hmm. and so I'm not going to rob this house. Okay, now I see. Now I see the genius of Go. it all. <laughs> I 
see your whole vision. Um, so you obviously you're going to be making a website for this. Uh, Obviously, and something so important has to have a great-looking website. Are you planning on doing it by yourself? Yeah, I was just going to do it by myself. Okay, and um, how are you going about that? Uh, I think what you do is you go to website.com, okay. and you go typey, 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 and print, and you are done. Okay, so it's not quite how it's going to work. Um, instead of going to website.com, if you could just go ahead and go to cybersprout.net, and then just go ahead and reach out to them, because they're going to be your partner for the digital world. Um, just go ahead and tell them your plan. They'll work with you, because they focus on collaboration and goal-driven design, and they're going to get the customers, right, you connected to the right customers. They also handle premium hosting that's specifically built for WordPress. They handle security, maintenance. It's backups, speed optimization. They handle it all, Ryan. So just go there instead of website.com. Of course, Cassie. I love how this uh, organic conversation stayed organic the entire time. You're so welcome for that. Cybershot.net, your partner for the digital world. Coming up next, it's time for the pull list. We are back for the pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Lucifer. On the motherfucking musical episode of Lucifer, Lucy is trying to make amends with the almighty daddy who is trying to connect with his son by making everyone around him break out into song and dance. After the charm of this wears off for Lucy and adds to God's controlling issues, Big Daddy admits that he can't stop because because he's losing controls of, control of his powers. Taste was I ask you, how did this musical episode stack up against other musical episodes? Poorly. Poorly. <laughs> I think when you're doing a musical episode, knowing how to mix your sound is, I'd say, table stakes. It is the bare minimum. And it is crazy that an expensive company like Netflix would not know how to do that. Website idea. Cybersprout.net. Uh-huh. We should form a company that just comes in and handles the sound for your musical episodes. And we'll probably, every show has one, so we'll probably just move on from show to show. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be able to do that without giving them notes on their musical episode, though, and their numbers? No, they will also get production notes on what songs to choose and choreography. It sucks because some of the choreography was looked fun, but the fact that the hand claps were the loudest thing and you Mm. couldn't hear the singing very well. And we know at least their star can sing. Oh yeah, they've done music on the show better than in their musical episode. It is baffling. I got the show. The episode got better as it went along. Like by the time we got to Lucifer and God singing uh, the Night Tigers, uh-huh. um, then I was sort of into it. But that was a much simpler number um, to choreograph, not to sing. Um, but oh, it's hard to sing. I've been told <laughs> to my face when I try. Um, but the. Was it We Will Rock You or Another One Bites the Dust on the football another field? Another One Bites yeah. the Dust on the football. That's like what starts because Lucy does Wicked Game and God like claps. And I think that's where God got the idea. He's like, oh, my son likes singing. Yeah. I will force everybody like puppets to sing around him then. Watching that football field scene, I felt for the first time in my life as a diehard musical lover, film, stage, even the occasional TV episode, why everyone is so cringed out by musicals. Like, it was uncomfortable. For, like, Ella comes in and... Just starts sort of singing, but whispering, but like dancing uh-huh. poorly. And I was like, I, it's hard for me to look at the screen right now. <laughs> but they went in marching band formation. Were you not impressed by the marching band? I do love that. And I do love a good drum line added, added to really anything. That's and then literally everything. There was some of the songs they chose did confuse me. The mashup between um, Scrubs and Bad to the Bone uh-huh. had some rough points. Weird mashup. I also. Only time they mashed up. Right? Yeah. It was every other song was just a straight song. And I was like, oh, you guys should have done this. Not that this worked well, but you guys <laughs> should have done this more often. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I enjoy 
when a show Googles most sang songs of all time and then just takes the top six and uses them for their episode. <laughs> we can fit these in. This will work. Um, we do have in between all of this, we did get more people meeting God, though. And there was two very different reactions to meeting God. I do want to talk about how much of a badass Chloe was when she first saw God because there was no hesitation. You no, know, bro, fuck you. How about that shit? How about <laughs> suck my balls? The amount of time she said respectfully while still saying suck my balls. It's, I got him, Chloe. I, you probably already know that. Respectfully, you're a terrible father. Respectfully. <laughs> like, Respect- and she just kept going and saying respectfully. And then she was like, I'm a working parent. So I know how bad you've screwed up Lucifer. <laughs> the other amazing Chloe moment is Lucifer is demanding she taste coffee so much so that he's basically pouring it in her mouth and she still steps back and says, I'm not getting in the middle of this, mm. which is something people usually say right before they get into the middle of it. Uh-huh. And just respectfully, uh, sure, I'll get in the middle of it. And she was like, I'm absolutely not doing this. And Chloe has not had a lot of screen time, um, but her right. saying, I'm actually choosing not to have screen time right now I think was a big deal yeah that, I think that's what's a bummer about this episode being the musical episode there's a bunch of stuff outside of the musical numbers that was awesome here Linda and Amenadiel getting into their fight that like he's so upset that Charlie's a baby or a human mm-hmm. and she's just like I'm a human fuck you uh-huh. and like there's, she says go, go fly this bag of shit to the trash Charlie and I go have to take a normal human walk like it's like oh yeah Rachel Harris can deliver that kind of line so well but then Linda singing just the two of us sort of barely as Amendio gets up on benches and raps mm. nah less good not, less not, good. not his work but, and like God not being impressed that Lucy doesn't have a desk or a name tag like yeah. there's, there's so much gold in this episode that got dragged down every time somebody would start singing which yeah. I gotta say is that's not typically what we would say about musical episodes I think that our bar is like we'll basically just appreciate the effort yeah yeah and then uh the other reaction to god we had was dan on the very opposite spectrum who kneeled in front of him and then uh god dropped on him that he did bang his wife so (laughs) dan kneels and puts his hand up like a knight (laughs) meeting his lord (laughs) attack of a classic trope by the way where uh dan explodes and that's a, and then he comes back together, and that's a thing where like we were just in the imagination of a character. Uh-huh. Uh, that happens all the time, but in this version, God really exploded God, him, and then put they him back shook together hands so hard, Dan exploded. And I think we are shifting into the second episode ten that we watched, which is much better. And it is God is trying to be supportive now. He's no longer saying, "Oh, you don't have a death to Lucifer," but he cannot. He, his support comes off condescending, and and like over the top. And, but he cannot stop digging at Dan. Like, that, that's like, he's really trying to not be the god everybody has said he is, except with Dan. He just keeps that explosion thing, and Lucifer looks shocked, and God's like, I didn't mean to do that. I guess I overreached that. <laughs> As a guy losing his powers, I'm glad he was able to put him back together, Humpty Dumpty style. How, yeah, uh, to, so yeah, we'll stay with this, the god stuff. Uh, how do you think the show's so far dealing with it? God has Alzheimer's. Let, we're calling it that, right? That's like the <laughs> one-to-one with normal humans. Do. do you think the show is doing a good relate or are we not far enough in that, that storyline to show? I mean, is it doing like, is it doing Alzheimer's patients a service uh, and people in? Well, it's Lucifer, right? So I don't know if it's going to do that, but is, is it dealing with like the ailing parent to a strange child? Well, yeah, I think that it's doing that, and I think it's doing with the forced bonding that we get from shitty parents where they're like, all right, then let's do 40 years, or in this case, 40 eternity years of bonding uh-huh. all in this one day, and you just, like, scream cupcakes and swings and <laughs> have a catch at them. 
Um, you're doing so well on this sting, son. Yeah, and then they, they have an adventure, and, you know, God watches TV. God watches Lucifer. He thinks this would be perfect if we just go on a mission together, and then God gets punched, and that's when Lucifer has to be like, oh, I can punch my dad physically or verbally, but nobody else can. Right. And then, yeah, Lucifer can Normally, he's like, devil face, this is a choice. This is he... God looks scared of his son for the first time ever because Lucifer, I think, killed everybody but the main per- like the main drug dealer. Like there was somebody hanging from a chain, like from their body, it looked like they were impaled on a chain in the airplane. As much as I liked this episode, do you ever watch shit like that, like what you just described, and remember the million moms and just like their problem with Lucifer being a hero and <laughs> Satan's real and they're making it seem like he's cool? Like, oh my god. <laughs> What a terrible life they lead. Do you think they all switched to Allstate once they found out this guy was <laughs> We why cannot. Why you call it Allstate-simers? No, I know why you didn't call it that now. <laughs> uh, the other through line in, in, the, in episode 10 is Trixie is mad at all the adults in her life. How is this young actress done growing up, Ryan? <laughs> Mike, I'm trying to rate, have me rate somebody's puberty? Acting abilities. Acting abilities. <laughs> Acting. Sometimes you lose a step when... You know, you have certain gifts when you're, you're no longer like a precocious. Child. Uh, yeah, I mean, they made her sing in the in the second episode, and then act here. And you know, uh, I was wondering where Trixie was, and I am not any longer. <laughs> you didn't like her telling Lucifer his hair is stupid and his jokes are mature before she runs away, and then him going full Vince Vaughn, just saying my hair is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are out of time, so let's go to moments of the week. Ryan, what is yours? My moment of the week has to be Night Tigers, otherwise known as uh, Les Mes song. <laughs> Nobody calls it that. <laughs> the Tigers come at night. What is it The called? Mike and Ryan karaoke special. <laughs> uh, I had a dream. Um, had a dream. And it's when God sang, my specifically, where uh, he started off as like, and the tigers, and already low as fuck, and then had to get lower, and he did it. And it sh- my, I have three broken windows in my house. <laughs> Mike, what about you? Oh, just in that same one, Lucifer, like, on the verge of tears while singing I Dreamed a Dream. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's, like, one of the, some of the best acting Tom Hiddleston's done. Not Tom Hiddleston, Tom Ellis has done. <laughs> there's too many British Toms. Too many life. Toms. Uh, there's two Dan moments, and it's when... Dan's Amenadiel tells him, "No, you did sleep with God's wife." And Dan yeah. does the at every at every show we watch since 2005. At some point, has a character doing this, but Dan's cool, 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 cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then Is later, I, I think it's at the at the bar where he goes, "I slept with God's wife," which means I'm definitely going to hell. And his little woo, yeah. <laughs> like where you can see his mind breaking. Yeah, that's my moment of the week. It's just him at the bar having his full breakdown. Well, I wish happened is that because they turn around and sing a song. And it is yeah. uh, in the afterlife. But I wish it was Another One Bites the Dust. What if every song was just <laughs> Another One Bites the Dust? Different tempos and tones. It's the one song God likes. That actually would have been very funny. Uh, Lucifer is on Netflix. Uh, our next show of the week is Fear the Walking Dead. In a race against time to stop Teddy's plan, motives are revealed and convictions are tested as Morgan and his allies infiltrate and make their way through the beach submarine that holds the tools for Teddy's destruction. Taste Buds ask you this. What are the tools for your destruction? I'm going to take notes. <laughs> Pitting you two guys against each other? Uh, Wait, causing destruction or our own destruction? Your own destruction. Mm. Mine is uh, kryptonite. 
the Three Doors Down song. <laughs> you hear it? If I hear it, yeah, I just die. Mine's Unwell, the Matchbox 20 song. <laughs> Same band. There, I said it. Same band. <laughs> and then, of course, hashtag offspring, hashtag uh, Smash Mouth. Those will revive us always. <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead is Sundays on AMC. Our next show is Modoc. On episode four of Modoc, uh, episode four of Modoc is the much talked about heist episode where Modoc is faced with the realization that he is now a D-list villain. In an attempt to gain back his status, he teams up with a group of fellow D-list villains and tries to steal Captain America's shield. Episode five shows Modoc continuing this teamwork after Monica and him work together to go around the new aim procedures and rent a black hole gun, as well as take away all of Monica's vacation days. Black hole gun. That's actually the main joke of it. <laughs> Unlike his previous team-up, this one does not end with new friendships as Monica turns on him in an attempt to get revenge for him taking credit for the Avenger she killed on her first day. Taste Buds, I ask you, do you think we have hit a turning point with these episodes where we've reached our laughs, the laughs we were promised? Yeah, I think that the... I was only able to catch the heist episode, um, but this is the energy. This is yeah. the uh, batting average low... But swings are a million, and so you don't care. Closer to 30 Rock than uh-huh. uh, it had been before, and this one totally... Closer to 30 Rock than Robot Chicken, if we're talking about yes, million-mile-an-hour jokes. Yes. Yeah, it, and it, it's the mixing character moments, Marvel Easter eggs, all, like... I think the heist episode blended all of that mm-hmm. so well, where Modoc realizing he is a piece of shit... So he, we're getting the character stuff from that, and like who he should be hanging out with is Pound Cake. But also, we're getting characters like Pound Cake, which is like just some deep cuts. Voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. We're I, I recognize, really? yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! I recognize Armadillo from the comics, but I didn't recognize anybody else. I think they're all just like you know, Stilt Man started showing up in other stuff because he was so dumb. Uh-huh. People used him more and more, but these are characters that are so dumb that they aren't used again and aren't so dumb they're hilarious. They're just like lame. I I hesitate to say this, but we're sort of all three of us are sort of about one non-comic book show right now when the characters have been introduced and they're all sitting around a table and they're all established with their roles. There's an almost happy endings speed to the conversation. <laughs> you know, and like Armadillo has just decided that he's going to be the one that calls on people when they raise their hand and <laughs> yeah. Like they just they can't stop talking about this all night meatloaf restaurant, and (laughs) this is the show that I have been waiting for the entire time. I didn't know nightlife was medieval themed, and then (laughs) my new works goes, it's not. (laughs) Oh, and then uh, is it Armadillo who has whose wife is with the mandrel now? Yes, Uh yes it is. (laughs) But the thing you can do to hurt the mandrel more than anything else is toilet paper his house. (laughs) Who did this and how? It's so we like I feel like the heist one has to be the peak of it and I don't know if it's just because like it was an excellent episode and then also we love heist so like did it just like was it like just made for us or do you think a heist episode like on itself as a heist episode did it live up to like a terrible heist I guess yeah I mean it's the anti heist which is what you'd want from Modoc is he keeps trying to get them to the heist Mm -hmm. and they just want to get night love. Like (laughs) they are the people who are always like, want to talk about the script they'd write. They don't want to write the script. Yeah. I can't believe they thought of the term night love and named it a restaurant and not a superhero or (laughs) superhero. I am night love. 
they what I think helped these two episodes is the fact that he is teaming up. Like he's definitely stronger mm-hmm. when he works with people because previously, like our favorite episode was him working with his daughter, and now he's right. working with a whole bunch of people. So obviously, like this misfit team is obviously going to be a great hit. And in the second episode, we had him and Monica working together, so he's definitely better with somebody helping on the screen. Yeah, because uh, like a diabolical, short, impotent man isn't that fun to watch alone. True. Like, you, there, there have to be foils. No, Mike, we've that. heard your solo podcast. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Mike, for the second episode, how did you feel about, like, him and Monica's dynamic? Were you hoping that they would be just, like, good friends at the end? Were you surprised by no, her? No, I wasn't surprised. Like, it's, like, I like that they're building up Modoc is a fucking moron. Yeah. Like, we, we heard a little more, but I did, like, the... Every flashback seems like the 80s, and this called it out. And this, I guess, is the most, <laughs> I'd say, robot chicken-esque. But she has big hair, is listening to the 80s, and she's like, ah, I love this song in 2009. Like, yeah. And then they just hit how 2009 everything is as she has giant shoulder pads. Yeah, each- Everyone has a friend that's named something like Linda Pozzettino. <laughs> <laughs> And every time he, it is when they're in a flashback, it says it's 2009, at least three times. They do not let you forget yeah. like, oh yeah, it's 2009, by the way. Um, also with that episode, was his pitch for the black hole gun the best pitch you've ever heard? Yes. Like when he's swirling the drink and like, and it's totally winning all, everybody, all the bureaucracy and aim over, mm-hmm. even though he's just showing like family slides from his personal life. But like, <laughs> I, I want to do his pitch word for word in my next actual meeting. For reals. Can I ask you guys a question about this episode? Um, the weirdest part about the heist is that uh, Melter starts coughing and then coughs up blood and then dies at the Coney Island beach. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh-huh. thank you, TV. Thank you. 30 years of TV by teaching me that the last stop on any subway, no matter what city, is Coney Island. <laughs> I appreciate it. Really is. Um, and then Melter dies, and Modoc is like, hmm. And then the episode, is there any follow up with that? Or? Oh, this episode, the second, the next episode opens at Melter's funeral, and Modoc shows up late. He brings his kid because it's his weekend. <laughs> and then he keeps heckling melter's wife and then realizes he will die and so he gets up and gives a speech mostly about what his legacy will be which is why he wants the black hole gun to open up the sun uh and wash away the rain to kill iron man and then modok uh the episode ends with him in front of the avengers tower beat up and sad and throwing rocks at avengers tower till tony stark goes you're bumming everybody upstairs out can you please leave <laughs> and then he uh does his wet bitch move at him and uh iron man just says he's a sad man and flies off <laughs> <laughs> you wet bitch you wet bitch uh now we do have that episode did give us like monica being the focus of axis now so are you surprised mm-hmm. by this how the, we immediately switched from Modoc being their focus so quickly, or do you think it, it was a wise move? Like they probably like us. If and- I was an evil organization, and who I, who would I want to be my scapegoat? Yeah, it would <laughs> probably also be Monica. If not if Modoc, but also storyline wise, do you think it's good? Like, were you surprised that we're already at? Yeah, because Modoc is going to keep trying to get aim back, and then yeah, I think it's just growing it. I think Monica is a good actual foil because she thinks she's smarter than Modoc, and she is, but she's <laughs> also being hoodwinked by the same people he was hoodwinked by. Yeah. Like, and honestly, if you follow in the first, let's say, four episodes up to the heist, Monica is important, but not. And that's, right. I think that sort of signals, oh, she's getting her own episode. Yeah. Like, that's clearly what they're doing. Yeah. All right. We are almost out of time. Let's go to moments of the week. Mike, what do you got? I got four. I'm going <laughs> to rattle them off really fast. 
the Ben Schwartz line of the week is uh, he gets told he's too old for the kids. He has to go to the teen zone. And he says, finally, a cow zone just for teens. Uh, how many pontoon boats is too many? Just like the henchmen's love of pontoon boats. Uh, but also creepy- responsibly. Like they are like, but that is too many, though. We love them, but that's far too many. Uh, I think the best, creepiest, weirdest thing that this show has done is the pawn shop owner who's just Oh, weirdly cutting into cutting himself <laughs> open. Uh, and then uh, Modoc to the toaster slash van. Uh, it's after six, so it's Bonsoir, you stupid robot. Like his like <laughs> very uh, pedantic, like, here's how you do French decorum, asshole. <laughs> oh, that blender van is my favorite. Oh, uh, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, that's actually, I'm just going to say John Daly is my moment of the week because this was a bit that was not totally working for me until the mm-hmm. highest episode mm-hmm. um, and his thirstiness and his usefulness but when you're this useful but this thirsty like people will just use <laughs> you but then shit on you as well yeah. um, and just his line like you need to see the editing but his line of like uh, alright I'm gonna wait for you because I'm super pal oh I forgot to lock the doors and then he just gets stolen <laughs> by, by kids this is a perfect delivery <laughs> Second goes to just the the punk kids that happen to have a crossbow. Like yeah. I should have had a crossbow when I was in high school. Uh, my moment of the week is, of course, the uh, the team of villains and how they were known as the illiterates, and they had team hats that were just nonsense written on them. As they were like all, all of them were just like, yeah, we can't read. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Modok is, of course, on Hulu. Our next show is Jupiter's Legacy. In the season, hopefully, series finale of Jupiter's Legacy, Walter's situation grows dire while Sheldon and Brandon join forces in a do-or-die showdown with a supervillain. Meanwhile, Hutch runs into trouble during a heist. Classic Hutch. Taste buds ask you this. What did you do instead of wasting your life and watching Jupiter's Legacy this week? <laughs> I had diarrhea. You know who else did? All the people on the slip and slide competition show. Did you hear about that? What? No. They had no. to shut it down because all the contestants got extreme diarrhea and it is came out on the true? slip and slide. Also, is this a joke from Modoc? 100% true. Also, what is this show? Because I need to be yeah, watching it. What is show. a slip and slide competition show? Well, I mean, like the last idea that we had left that wasn't a TV show was extreme slip and slide. Yeah, yeah. And these fools went out and got diarrhea as hard as they could. <laughs> Part of what makes it extreme is we'll give you some sort of disease now trying to do it. And these people claim to be professional slip and sliders, but refuse to use a slip and slide if it's been diarrhea on by the last contestant. Uh, they should be used to, be, it's going to be slippery from all substances, so they should be fine with that. What's <laughs> Get, crazy is a lot like the pew pews in WandaVision that hit each other in the middle. If you're sliding down the slip and slide, that's one force of physics, but then shooting diarrhea down is another force, and then you just stay in the middle of the slip and slide. They should have aired that. That's science. Uh, Jupiter's Legacy is on Netflix. Our next show is Superman and Lois. On this week's Superman and Lois, Clark and Jordan are experiencing some side side effects from Grandpa's kryptonite weapons. For Clark, those include asthma and bruising, but for Jonathan, it's ice pneumonia. This ends up being the line for Lois because she tells Grandpa to stay the fuck away out of their lives. But luckily, Grandpa lingers for a bit and is able to help Jonathan and Lois fight off the Kryptonian lackeys that Edge sent to kill them. One of which is Mr. I-need-to-be-special-boy-too, Kyle. With his army building, Edge decides that it's time to show Clark that he is also a Kryptonian. Taste buds, I ask you, did they pull off the oh-shit moment with the Morgan Edge reveal? 
Yeah, I also because like there's been so many bad side effects. I didn't think Morgan Edge. I thought he was going to be you know Lex Luthor type, where other people are being experimented on. Yeah, and it's not just that. Oh shit, he's Kryptonian. He calls Kal El brother. Mm-hmm. Like he knows who Kal El is, and he says, and it's just like, does Superman have a long list brother that I'm not aware of? Probably because he's been around for 85 years. Yeah, he but, knew. Uh, a, yeah, he knew. It worked a, on me. He knew a lot, and I was really confused by brother. Like we had to go back. I was like, did he say brother? And we were just like, what does this mean? Like maybe was just Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I'm glad you guys both fought each other to make a good Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but um, I do like I do like that they both kind of got sick. Like I like that there was this continuity, but it was weird that Jonathan got sick, like passed down through him. I feel like they were stretching for this, and I don't fully know why. Well, no. Okay, Cassie, here's how... If I got sick and we hung out in a room, Mm -hmm. you might also get sick. It's pretty normal. But it was like a Kryptonian thing. Like, shouldn't he just have, like, a weakened immune system? Like, it shouldn't be, like, a viral thing. It should just be, like, he's got asthma. I can't catch asthma if you have asthma in the room. But but it's a bioweapon. We don't know what it is. (laughs) It's just like that because Clark is full Kryptonian, his is just asthma and bruising. Which is a great Clark moment because he tells... Lois seat walks in on him and he's like taking care of his bruises mm-hmm. and she's like kryptonite bullets and his like no yeah regular bullets like his shock there but yeah Jonathan's or Jordan's ice snot was a great <laughs> like him running away from Sarah because he has ice snot all over his hands yeah. <laughs> trying to hide embarrassment all of his ice snot they also still did make him a piece of shit because when his dad was like oh you got sick from me he was like and now like I'm sick just because of you and I was like okay yeah. dude all right let's calm down here. But um, overall, we got to talk about Kyle, unfortunately, because they did try to give Kyle a bit of a redemption yet again. Luckily, it fell through hard, but they did give him a brief moment. He briefly redeemed with Sarah because kryptonite Kyle is better than normal human Kyle. Because I think normal (laughs) human Kyle wouldn't have jumped up and started playing. But he also runs away right away. It's not a real redemption. It was a fake out. It was a <laughs> right? fa- it was a fake out. But for a brief moment, they were like, "Look at I like me like I groaned at the TV when I was like when uh, Jonathan wasn't there to not Jonathan Jordan wasn't Jordan, there yeah. to like do the talent show with her and the, they were in the audience. I was like, "Fuck, they're gonna give Look, Kyle this I, moment." If you're dealing with icy snot, you can still text your sort of girlfriend yeah. and say, "Hey." I'm really like, why don't they just say he's immunocompromised? Just say he has like a thing. And that's why he disappears all the time. Like they, they are not good at lying as a family. No, they need to fucking fix that. Just make him the bubble boy. That's always I, an option. I do. This like isn't Sarah's Legions of Superheroes. <laughs> when, when Kyle shows back up post and he looks a little beat up. Uh, and it was after like, he was a hero to Sarah. And then he ran away very quickly and he shows back up home. And Sarah's just like, are you drunk? And Lana's like, don't talk to your father away. Leave. And then he, she, once Sarah leaves, she says, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you but, are also acting pretty drunk. But really, are you? Uh, this also was a great episode for everybody popping off on Grandpa, which has been <laughs> needed. But it did start. I do want to talk about Lois. First of all, Lois was the first one. So let's talk about how Lois went off on him. Did Oh, uh, yeah. Just, just like, you, you were never there for me when I was growing up. I thought that would change once I had kids. Mm-hmm. But you're still not there for me. And not only are you not there you're willingly and knowingly trying to figure out ways to hurt the people I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where she was like, you know, I thought at some point you would care about family, but now you're still just hurting my family, so leave. And I was like, hell yeah. But then, surprisingly, Jonathan's went harder, because I think it was, it had this human-to-human moment, which Lois yeah. also had, but his of a, like, 
his grandpa, his excuse this whole time has been like, you know, it's my job to protect him. I have, live in this fear of you don't know what your dad can do. And he was yeah. like, that's my family. I will always trust him. And he was like, yeah, you dumb bitch. Felt so good. So <laughs> you <went> good. <laughs> you went bitch. We know everybody called everybody that this, <laughs> this week and all this shit. <laughs> I would, going back, like Lois is very strong in every way. She did not have a plan in this episode where she's like, I'm sick of this and just barges into Edgecore mm-hmm. and just starts screaming all the things that are true. But that's her big plan. Yeah. Is- that was a rough moment. Cause like it, it had a real moment where she was like, you know, her coworker was like, where are you going? And she was just like to cause a scene. And then she yeah. goes there and it just lays out like all the bit of information that she has discovered. And I'm like, this is showing all of your cards. Now you look yeah. incredibly weak. And that's when he's like, oh, you're working with Lana. Like, yeah. <laughs> he puts everything together right there. Yeah. Which then leads to him offering the change to Lana, which I'm assuming we can, like, it doesn't seem like she took it. So now, obviously, she's going to have to be murdered, right? Like, She's going to have to be murdered. Have to be murdered. It was the first time that he gave, like, the, like, position of, like, if you don't take this up, your life will be changed forever or whatever. He was like, either way, this yeah. is going to change your life. And I was like, well, murder. Are you guys surprised that they went right to the, like, after Henry Irons left last week, they went right to another even huger storyline without mm-hmm. doing a couple of cases of the week? Kind of. Like, I guess they've been brewing Morgan Edge stuff in the background. But yeah, I, I and because we like, we are enjoying this family, I would have liked a couple of random cases. Though. I thought, like, like Tang, Monopoly, random. Night. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's it like? And, like, Clark uses his powers to do extra vision. They get very mad at him. <laughs> I would have enjoyed that the kids have more like shenanigans with girls, like trying to figure it out. Like when when Tag first got powers, I thought it was going to be very small villain, and we would deal with a bunch of villains in Smallville, the small villains, and <laughs> to not <laughs> do Mice that is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and instead we have a whole like it seems like Morgan Edge has changed or transformed like half of this town at this point. So like I don't know if this next episode is going to go straight into that because we are moving at an intense pace. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the next episode is like here's half the town against you now, but we'll see. Do you think that John Henry Irons is going to come back a la Han Solo? Like Superman is going to be like in dire straits and then a big hammer is just going to smash Morgan Edge's face in. Yeah, but instead of the hammer, he'll enter, enter with the RV first and then step out with the hammer. Like the big yeah. moment's going to be, oh shit, there's the RV. Uh, we are out of time though, Mike. Do you got a moment of the week? Yeah, you touched on it. It is the Jonathan and General Lane yeah. back and forth. Because uh, Jonathan's saying, I can never be scared of my family. And then for General Lane to say, you haven't seen the things I have. Jonathan goes, I haven't. But it doesn't matter. I'd still trust them and you'd still be a coward. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Every (laughs) grandkid should call their granddad a coward at some point. Especially when they're like a four-star general. That's It's got to be the moment of the week. That's mine as well. Uh, Superman and Lois is on Tuesdays on the CW. Our next show is Van Helsing. On this week's episode of Van Helsing, Axel, Violet, Jack, and Ivory are on their way to D.C., when an attack from the military leads them to take cover in an abandoned mine. But the mine may not be as safe as they think. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Are you guys like me and you love the smell of mine rides at amusement parks? Hell yeah. Like the one, there's one at Knott's Berry Farm where you go into a mine and then there's the train ride at Disneyland where uh, you see like miners in a mine and it, it smells like hot and I fucking love it. <laughs> Is that weird? It's hot must. I'm into it. 
yeah. it's must and like it seems like there is some chemicals in the air it's like mildew oh, sick yeah, yeah. it's, it's don't a bad... get x-rayed directly after a mine ride <laughs> it's a bad environment but there is something fun about it it's just like two minutes that you're gonna spend in a dangerous environment and i'm here for it i wonder if it's the first time as children that we got super high it's probably probably is uh well van helsing is on fridays on sci-fi our next show is legends of tomorrow on this week's episode of legends of tomorrow Astra gets a chance to learn real magic, but when the legends interfere, she has no choice but to send them on a Disney-like journey as inanimate objects. Meanwhile, Sarah beats her captor, and he's a bit of a dick. Taste buds, I ask you this. What do you think of the TV options Bishop offers his prisoners? Oh. Is he a villain? Because he says, you're chained to a bed, but here's all seasons of Winona Earp, so enjoy. It freaks me out every time anybody has heard of Winona Earp, because I thought it was just us. And it's on Legends, and then we get the we get the theme song. Yeah. And Sarah points out something that we say fucking constantly, so much so that I think that Sarah Lance, not the writers of Legends of Tomorrow, but specifically Sarah Lance, listens to the podcast, because the only thing we said about Winona Earp and Legends of Tomorrow for years is... The first season was shitty, but second in the second season it really took off. <laughs> and then uh, the evil clone Ava also says, "Oh, have you met Nicole Hot yet? I-, I don't know if you're shipping her in Waverly, but you will be." <laughs> like, <laughs> and, it, yeah, it's just, nice to know. Just a shout out to uh, friends that are similar that are trying to accomplish your same goals, Mike. Uh, what are we doing after X Taz tonight? Oh, that we are talking to TV Podcast Industries, which is. Three uh, Irish blokes who watch and review TV shows based on comic books and comic book properties. So we're basically doing the same thing that Legends did for Winona Earp. Just shouting out fucking brothers and sisters out there doing it. I don't know if you guys are shipping John and Derek yet, but by the end of my interview with them, you will be. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's get to the main event. Loki. Do do you want to talk about that some more? Um, So we do get... uh, a lot of animation. We do get a lot of Astra, some of it as a princess, and we get a bunch of... We don't get the uh, chandeliers or the, the candlesticks and the clocks, but instead we get very Legends character things. We do get How, a candlestick. That's true. <laughs> How did Legends do uh, classic early 90s Disney? Awesome. Uh, Behrad is a candlestick. Ava is a... Like Leslie binder. Nope style yeah, binder. Yeah, Leslie Nope binder. <laughs> uh, steel is a wheel of cheese. Um, that can turn into steel. Spooner is a fork, which she points out. Come on. Um, and then, oh, Zari is a flip phone, which she is very offended that she's a flip phone. Uh, yeah, I think they did great on that. And then once they transformed into the cartoon, I'm like, why haven't we gotten a full-on legend season Disneyfied? I think that that uh, full season, uh, I think that's uh, sort of key is how have we not done this before? Uh, you've been the person who's like, uh, does Legends still have it? Mm-hmm. And so I want to know when all of this hit, were you rolling your eyes or were you like, oh, no, they do. I think in a good way, because for the most of this episode, it's the Astra show. And that worked. Maybe, maybe like, because I don't know her that much and she hasn't been used that well. So, like, they could do their wackiness, but without me being like, it's not as good as the last time Steel and Bayrod did something. So, it was just her be, again, another very 80s style, like Modoc 80s in the 2000s. Um, and she did, like, I don't know how the world works and fun montages while dealing with racist British neighbors. Uh, 
I really enjoyed it. So yeah, by the time the legends showed up and she turned them all into objects, like yeah, fully. I think this is the best episode of the season. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought the episode was working before the legends got yes. there and before the premise really took off. So exactly. I agree. I, I I do want to talk about racist British guy though. Uh huh. Um, Astra it needs to make a sacrifice, and it's like, well, I know a fucking super racist <laughs> British guy, and she's about to, but they talk him. Uh, they talk her out of it. Uh, how do you think that all worked as far as Astra's characterization? I guess like you can't have somebody who is a hero, even like one of the heroes who are all fuck ups willingly steal the soul out of anybody even an old crotchety racist british guy murder is still murder even if yeah you're killing baby hitler yeah and even if baby hitler is 80 years old uh because he didn't kill anybody he's just a fucking prick who just assumes black women are the help right away oh so you're you you agree with the death penalty me yeah because you said the british guy didn't kill anybody so he doesn't deserve to die well i'm saying what no Just talk okay. about the show. You're confusing me. <laughs> but this is the message that Astra needed to learn for this episode, yes. do you think? Well, her first... She's like Mick. Mick went through this season two, right? And her first jump, because she used to be the Queen of Hell, will always be to torture and maim. To become a legend, she has to be like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Right. And I think that's important for the show and for each individual character is set up the boundaries and then set up how much they push on them. Right. But not totally shatter them. You know, and it would have, I, I mean, I got to admit, it would have been awesome to see this racist British guy. Yes, that's all I wanted. Souls <laughs> get sucked out of his fucking body or put into a toaster that wasn't as brave or little as you would think. A fat, cowardly toaster. <laughs> uh, Did you see who directed this episode? I didn't. Spike Lee? No. Katie Lotz herself. Hey, nice. I'm surprised she was in it so much then. Because usually they sort of bow out for that. No, and she, I think she crushed it. Yeah. Took it all on. Uh, sadly, we're almost out of time, so let's go to moments of the week. Ryan, what do you got? My moment of the week is uh, we do have, uh, shit, Alistair, what's his last name? Crowley. Mike? Crowley. Uh, like the, the closest to like a real-life dark magician witch that we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, he's trapped in a painting. Uh, Constantine put him there. And uh, there's a moment where Constantine and Crowley... Uh, bounce back and forth between the painting like three times in one minute and just their whole like, oh, I'm free! Oh, fuck, I'm not free! Oh, I'm free again! Was nice. How, it's clear, like, if you've seen Matt Ryan in real life at all, or like on interviews, not in real life, like, you don't follow him home or something. Uh, He's not Constantine. I think he had so much fun playing non-glowering John Constantine. He had a blast playing Uh the Aleister Crowley version of him. Because this, I don't know about the real Crowley, but this Crowley is a little... A foppish? Uh, yeah, a little foppish. <laughs> a little Barry Lyndon-esque. And, uh, yeah, you could just tell he was reveling and not being like, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> My moment is Mike doing that impression. That was beautiful. But what is yours, Mike? Uh, I mean, if it can't be one in a herb. Uh, just hearing that theme song gave me chills. Uh, cartoon notebook binder Ava when she shoots her pages out goes pew 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 and you know she doesn't need to but the cartoon mouth is saying pew as she's doing it I do have to ask you Cassie the next episode is called Bishop's Gambit and do you think it's just going to be about Wolverine being frustrated about babysitting well if it is you guys need to let me know immediately Uh, if you want to watch that as well it is Sundays on the CW our next show is Batwoman this week on Batwoman, a comatose Luke hallucinates that he's inside Wayne Enterprise and is 
inside Wayne Enterprises and is reunited with his father, Lucius, and Bruce Wayne. Batwoman targets Tavaroff in an alley, which, to remind everybody, is the racist crow who shot Luke. And he argues that Luke wasn't that innocent. And then has one of his crows hit Batwoman with a car before he goes robe against Jacob. Because of this, Jacob publicly admits to the corruption, takes responsibility for the culture within the crows, and disbands the entire organization. Meanwhile, Alice digs into Enigma, and Roman tells Jacob that Kate is alive. Taste buds, I ask you this. Who would you hallucinate if you were in a coma? Uh, I don't think it would be you guys, because I do think that you guys would move the studio to my hospital room and put a mic in front of me, and so I would hear your voices the entire time, and I would feel like that you were there. Mm -hmm. I think my hallucinations would all be Animaniacs related, but I'm not sure the exact characters they would be. <laughs> See, I took a pause because I was trying to remember the name of the purple McNo- McDonald's nugget guy. Oh, that's Grimace, bro. It's Grimace. Because I always, I feel like those, that whole like cartoon characters of McDonald's felt like a favorite dream to me. So yeah, I it's always... It's already a coma hallucination. Yeah, I just feel like they automatically appear in your mind when you're there. Uh, Batwoman is on Sundays on the CW. Our next show is The Flash. On this week's episode of The Flash, we're starting to say goodbye to some motherfuckers, and in this ep, it's peace out to Cisco and Camila. But before the two can leave, the whole team must team up and come together to stop the Rainbow Raider. Adding to the absurd names, by the end of the episode, we also get a tease for the introduction of Psycho Pirate. Taste buds, I ask you. (laughs) I love Psycho Pirate. Is Mike's enthusiasm for Psycho Pirate real or a bit? (laughs) Rainbow Rider, that's stupid. I love Psycho Pirate. I can't tell. Art, do you know who Psycho Pirate is? I do, and it's going to be a reintroduction because he was pretty brief in the Crisis on Infinite Earths TV show, but was a pretty big deal in the Crisis on Infinite Earths comic books. Okay, and you are, this is a good character, or the comic no, character his is, is better? No, Psycho Pirate, so I love him, it's absurd. Well, if you want to watch it, uh, The Flash is Tuesdays on The CW. Our next show is Sweet Tooth. On the series premiere of Sweet Tooth, a show I don't think any of us ever thought we were going to get. A plague wipes out large chunks of humanity at the same time that animal-human hybrid babies are born. Will Forte takes his dear baby Gus to Yellowstone to live in peace, but the world has a way of barging in. Taste buds, I ask you this. Did this fantastical drama about a plague some people don't take seriously and other scapegoat goat children make you forget the outside world? (laughs) Look, Mike, I'm going to be super honest with both of you right now. Um, And I'm going to put on my critic hat because the, the main thing that we do, the reason that we get paid the big bucks is because we are able to take shows that you wouldn't normally think are art or culturally important and break them down and reveal why that they have a standing here and in the future. And I can definitively say without a doubt, with all confidence as the sort of like uh, professional that I am, that this show was dope because of fucking animal babies. <laughs> Did you guys see those animal babies? <laughs> they had so many so animal babies. There's so many. There's a little birdie. There's a little doggy. Was there a porcupine baby? A, I think I, I think saw a porcupine a baby. <laughs> Did you see that porcupine baby? They knew they had hit it off with the eagle one too. They were like, "Let that baby spread its wings. Yeah. Let that baby, <laughs> let that baby fly." <laughs> but yeah, it is incredibly awesome to see. But it was to see the intro was rough to see a pandemic hit and then how bad it can go, how poorly things people can react to a pandemic mm-hmm. after what we had. I was like, I don't like this. But then it, we just got to the babies, and I was fine with it since past that. I I mean like. I've been following the production of Sweet Tooth for a while, and I have to think that this started long before COVID-19 was 
in our brains, but the whole uh, a pandemic has wiped out X amount, X percentage of society, and we don't know if it's this particular type of person's fault, but we're going to take it out on them anyway. Right. Is it sometimes hard to lose yourself in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though they are animal babies. <laughs> it, it is it is hard to lose yourself in. And then by the end, when, when the hunters are hunting Gus, who is a 10-year-old who is speaking to them, and he mm-hmm. does just look like a kid with antlers and deer ears, uh, and they're still just like, we'll kill him. It's just like, man, people are the worst. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I do like that even in this world, like, the poachers are piece of shit hick people. Like, they were like, if it's going to be a poacher, it's going to be a hick. lost one of his sunglasses. Bro, (laughs) you're going to block the sun from one eye? Just Just take it off. You can't find a new pair of sunglasses, you fucking George Miller reject. (laughs) But um, I think what really helped was, you know, we do escape in the wilderness with um, Gus and Pubba. And they have, like, I know we we rank a lot of stuff here, but I don't think we have an official, like, dad ranking going on here. But I feel like this one is a very strong contender because he, this dynamic between these two is so precious. I knew what was going to happen, right? As since I read the comic, I, Will Forte was announced as, like, one of the stars. But the second I saw who he actually was, because he wasn't going to be Gus. Yeah. Or not Gus, (laughs) uh, Tommy. Is that the big man? The big man. Oh, because yeah, it's not going to be the big man. Uh, Tom, they don't make them bigger than Tommy, and <laughs> Will Forte is... They make them bigger than Will Forte. Yeah. Um, but his... I could not believe how good he was. He didn't do any of his stupid shit. Yeah. He, he wasn't... He didn't talk like this. <laughs> like, he wasn't he didn't do his... or The Last Man on Earth at any point, um, and he did a great job of, uh, I love this kid. I'm frustrated by this kid. It's hard being a dad... In the fucking post-apocalypse, and this kid is annoying sometimes, and it's not because of his antlers, although sometimes it's because of his antlers. It's because kids are fucking annoying. Yeah. yeah I really thought that he was going to tandy out and just be like, well, I've done post-apocalypse before. I know how to be. <laughs> and uh, just reminding us that there's a sweet core of a human being inside Will Forte. You're yeah. a freaking deer kid. <laughs> you freaking <laughs> deer kid. <laughs> But it was to see him, like, painting him books always and, like, all the gifts he made. I was like, look at him working so hard to make this life. And also, he built a really good life out there. Like, I wanted to move out to the woods after seeing their good setup. I was like, I live out there. As long as you don't fucking, as long as you follow the rules and don't cross this fence. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, that, like his probably his FYC moment was grabbing Gus and running him back to the home. Mm-hmm. Just sort of dad-like. You know, like, uh, protector-like, but also super pissed. Like, why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you do that? And he said it, like, a million times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Because there's not a lot of bones to pick, I do want to talk about them. Did he, he, there was no visible injuries. So did he get sick while he was out there? Yeah, I think he got Shooting some... the guy who found them, obviously? It, it looked like they were both ready to inject each other. Like, it looked like he had an injector on the end of his stabby thing, and the other dude must have had, like, the plague <laughs> injector. I was like, what's happening? You tie a rope to each of your wrists and then you have a syringe in the other hand and then you dance around and try to stab <laughs> each other with the sickness uh, i think that a car full of crossbowed hooligans came up and just shot him with crossbows <laughs> but yeah there was no blood or nothing so i don't know how he how he got got i was so glad though that gus is having dinner uh after will forte dies and the camera moves around the table and i was so glad that it was like this twig Will Forte yes. and not the actual fucking body. I thought we were so going to get a bit of a psycho Norman Bates <laughs> thing there as well. Oh, this show is darker than I thought. So worried about that. But like these shows 
especially in the first episode, really show off how they're not totally sure how to balance everything. Right. And the way that this show was like character first, tension second, I have all of the faith that this is going to be maybe not an all-timer for us, maybe not a Hall of Famer, but like I'm definitely in. Like mm-hmm. yeah. the way that it would just sit and wait and it would have Gus in the room for 10 more seconds longer than mm-hmm. any of uh, our other shows do. Like this show knows what it's fucking doing. Just kind of yeah. living his sweet tooth life. Mm-hmm. Did, it, did go for it, Mike? Uh, the the other bone I have to pick. So we get uh, Josh Brolin's daddy is a narrator, and he's mm-hmm. narrating. He he's letting us know what's going on, and then he stops talking. Do you hear Thanos' daddy or Cable's daddy? Cable's daddy. I think okay. uh, there's a bit of more. Uh, he is an inevitable. So there, he does the intro narration. And then we get a bunch of news reports for another 45 seconds, kind of repeating what he just said. And I was like, uh. pick a narrative device, guys. <laughs> what's wrong? Are they afraid? We're not going to understand what's happening. Cassie, Mike mm. really liked the show. He was like, they repeated two sentences. What the fuck? <laughs> Did you guys hear about the USA Today story? No. Uh, Netflix bought the first two pages of USA Today, the only national newspaper as an advertisement that put all over the cover of USA Today without with almost no recognition that this is an ad, that hybrid babies are being born. (laughs) And people freaked out. That's amazing. The second page of USA Today that day said, that was all advertisement. Here's the real front page. But they just had that there in this day and age. Go sweet, dude. Oh, my gosh. That makes me love it even more. Um, we do then, you know, once Pubba inevitably dies, we do get induce, introduced to the big man. And that's when we get we see how frustrating Gus is, even to this stranger who has saved him. But, like, he is also such a precious kid. Where you see both of them battling with, like, this is a kid all on his own. But also, he is a little shit with a rocket. Like, a little wrist rocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he won't stop shooting. <laughs> and, like, at the most inopportune times, like, you, there's, there's got to be times to use that. Uh, Will Forte gets hit right away. And he's like, yeah. do I have to take this toy away from you? <laughs> <laughs> Teach him when to use the toy. And then, of course, uh, I think it's Tommy. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to look this up. But there's a couple of major differences between this character and the character in the comics. The big one, if I can remember correctly, other than the obvious one, is that uh, the original Tommy wasn't that different than the Hunters. Like He was also sort of like anti-hybrid mm-hmm. kids. And I feel like that they did take that away. And on one hand, that complicates things less, which is shitty but it also saves us time which i love <laughs> but it's also he was still he's not super pro hybrid i think he yeah. just instantly saw that this is a kid he he's better than the hunters because he's like i might take you in like he when he the first time he grabs gus it is not gently i'll take care of you yeah but it's once he, he's talking with mm-hmm. with the poachers it didn't stop the poachers but once he's like oh this kid like has been raised like a human that's when he struggled more but he was right. like here's how you shoot that slingshot and here's where you should put a tarp and here's how you should get water and just so you know kid when i wear sunglasses two lenses, <laughs> two <I'm> lenses. <laughs> and he takes them off yeah i did love one of the best shotgun or shotgun slingshot shots was he had just just finished taping the water hole <laughs> and then he got hit right in the head <laughs> bitch you wet bitch. <laughs> he became a wet bitch. <laughs> that was the day I became a wet bitch. <laughs> all right, you guys, that's sadly all the time we have to talk about it. Let's go to moments of the week. Mike, what do you got? I got two. 
uh, Gus tries to home alone and fails. But yeah. he does when he's running. He, he starts setting up <laughs> the cool jerk uh, dancing with the broom, marbles on the ground. None of it works. And then the mama deer. He thinks the deer is his mom. Oh, yeah. And it is very sweet. And you're like, oh, God, show. Yeah. <laughs> Little mama deer. Uh, Ryan, what about you? I... I... <laughs> I apologize to our audience. I think we're fucking worn out after this three and a half hour show. I do think that I I I, I want to talk about. I wish this was the main event. Like I'm so stoked. I think this is going to be great. Uh, my I am going to give my moment of the week to Will Forte because this will probably be the last time we can talk about him. Uh, and there was other parts where the frustration came out where he kept, you know, and the the whole, a lot of the episode is about how a little kid's imagination is sometimes all they have. But sometimes that does get in the way. And for Sweet Tooth or for Gus, it's like, well, I've only been told that my mom is dead 30 times. So I will still think that we'll, we will find her at this new place. Yeah. And eventually, Will Forte is like, she's fucking dead, dude. She's, <laughs> she's fucking dead. Please stop. Please stop. Please. And now he's still he's still out to Colorado. It's still not taken in. We have Nebraska. You know, we have that uh, Alex Payne movie. but. Uh-huh. I would put some money, depending on the odds, of Will Forte getting Oscar noms in the future. You know, like I do think that yeah. he he could walk away from saying friggin' every other word. To, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, kid. I mean, I, I think Bill Hader's another case. And when I pitched this show to watch with my wife, I was like, Bill Hader's in it, forgetting it's Will Forte. Sorry, it's a different yeah. talented <laughs> white guy from SNL. Uh, but yeah, there, there, there's you're either a Pete Davidson type, which is you do your one thing or you're somebody who's very good at being comedic, which means you're going to be even better at being dramatic. And that's what SNL turns out. Yeah. I think that you're confusing our wives because when it comes to your wife, uh, Will Forte, she's a hater. And when it comes to my wife, Bill Hader is her forte. Okay. That makes sense. So keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that clear from here on out. Uh, my moment of the week, we briefly like mentioned it, but it is when Gus tells uh, the big man that his dad's coming back and he's bigger than him, to which he responds that they just don't make him bigger than him. It was the perfect response. Uh, Sweet Tooth is on Netflix, and you should watch it week by week with us. We made it through that a huge, huge pull list, but now it's time. We, we would eventually go to X-Taz right now. No, Cassie, now. I want to go to X-Taz. X-Taz, X-Taz, X-Taz. Listen, everybody, like, I want to go to X-Taz. You guys clearly do. Everybody listening wants us. Like, that's what the people want. Let's but, just do it then. I mean, like, what are we talking about? Let's, let's just do it. You see, it. Let's just freaking do it. Listen, Mike, Mike went out hurt? of his way. Mike had to go sit down with the boys from TV Podcast Industries. So now we have to go to that, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, fortunately, I guess. But it, it is going to take the place of X-Taz. I'm so sorry to announce this. Wait, are they blokes? There's they, some blokes. blokes. Okay, then I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Okay. Yeah, they're blokes, but they're not blokey blokes, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, they will be... They're low-key blokey? God damn low-key, it. Low-key. And we're just going to leave that to the transition to that interview right now. <laughs> Welcome to the crossover, Crisis in the Land of Luck, the segment where we introduce you to other pa- podcaster types doing cool things in the wide world of nerddom. Today's guests are Derek, John, and Chris of TV Podcast Industries which is kind of like the Irish version of the superhero show show if we covered one show at a time in depth to actually talk about it. In addition to comic book shows like The Boys, The Defenders, and WandaVision, TPI has also covered Picard, Love Calf Country, Penny Dreadful, and other geeky shows. Right now, I believe it is The Bad Batch, the Star Wars cartoon. Welcome, Chris, John, and Derek. Hey, Mike. Good to see you. Hi, Mike. Hello. So... 
TVPI. How, how did the show start? You guys have been doing it for a few years now, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're on to our sixth year. We're to almost 600 episodes nice. uh, at this stage. We um, we started out doing Gotham, uh, as I think you guys uh, covered Gotham back in the day as well. Um, That's how we started, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we covered each episode of that weekly Um and and then decided after about a about a year of doing that that we wanted to do more than one show and wanted to get into the Marvel universe. They were starting out their shows on Netflix, um, so we had so much fun doing Gotham. It was just myself and John at that stage, and we we did things like traveling over to New York Comic Con from Ireland to yeah. go and meet the cast and uh, doing oh, wow. interviews with all of them, and um, we got some really good really good vibes on that side. But there was so much kind of uh, so much stuff going on with Marvel that we wanted to jump over to Marvel as well and get and get that side of the world too. So uh, so we brought in our extra. Uh, special guest who stayed with us for another 500 episodes, Chris, um, and he joined yeah. us for uh, for Daredevil uh, on Netflix, right? Yeah, that was the first. Chris, even though you've been around for like five years now, do they still treat you like the newbie? Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> A lot of bullying. No, no. Well, no. There's equals amounts of bullying mm-hmm. from all of us. I, I think if anything, it's just myself and John bullying Derek. Yeah. But that's yeah. Fine. It's called banter, I think, rather than yeah. bullying. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've been I've been watching a lot of Love Island through the quarantine, right. which is mostly UK, and so I've learned banter is very important. I was like, oh, we do that. We just didn't call it that. Mm-hmm. It's all about the <laughs> bants. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it's all about the bants. Uh, so the, the, at this point, like you said, you started with Gotham, then Marvel blew up, and then mm-hmm. just more everybody decided it's no longer uncool to be nerdy. It's actually the biggest cash grab they can make. How do you decide which shows you feel like deep diving into We've been reasonably lucky over the years to get access to shows in advance of airing, which has been so helpful when we get to choose what shows we wow. do. So uh, so a lot of the companies like HBO and Fox and Disney and uh, those companies give us an episode or two before before they air, which is great. So we get an opportunity to kind of sit down and watch them and go, do we really want to spend all the time it takes? You know, Mike, it's a lot yeah. of time spent yeah. podcasting. You know, it's not just the recording, that the 45 minutes or two hours that you're recording. It's also all the prep time and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so we have that opportunity to kind of say, right, that show is not going to be fun to cover every week. Uh, <laughs> a very recent example that we have of one of those shows that we said we were going to cover and then watched it all and went, this is not going to be fun. The audience isn't going to enjoy it and we're not going to enjoy it. So uh, so we decided to uh, to change tack and go for The Bad Batch, which is our current show that we're, that we're covering. We decided to cover that purely because uh, we'd have more fun doing that and we have a lot more knowledge of, uh, of Star Wars than the other show we decided not to do. There you go. Now, when you're choosing a show, other than this will be fun to do, like wh- what do you what do you look for? Like, mm-hmm. what? Well, I liked Gotham, not in the first season. I do think it took a while for Gotham to figure out it's it, yeah. Because the first season it was like, let's be serious, and mm-hmm. after a while they're like, what if we were? Yeah, they captured so much of the energy of '60s Batman, oh, yeah. right? And they're yeah. like, it's campy and it's big and it's bat shit. Yeah. So. Do you, do you look for like that fun more than the self serious? But the Marvel shows are very serious, right? So what what is it that that pulls you in? I think it's kind of changed over time, and that's probably the thing with Gotham. John is a massive Christopher Nolan fan, yeah. Even before he did the Dark Knight stuff, and we were yeah. coming into the show, they were saying they were taking inspiration from the Dark Knight and from Gotham uh, from, Central uh, Gotham as well, and um, yeah. uh, Brubaker yeah. comic, and which were, which were all really serious. And we were coming in thinking Gotham was going to be this gritty drama on Fox and they absolutely <laughs> wanted to do that you could tell they wanted to do that they made 10 episodes wanting to do that and then they got the audience and the audience reaction was we love the Penguin and we love that guy that's going to become the Riddler can we get more of them please and, and they went mental and then it went batshit as we continually yeah, yeah. <laughs> called it throughout the series so yeah like it, with grown up with Batman 66 as well then that element of mm-hmm. Batman you can accept so it was good you know it was like big 
um, you know, big outlandish bombs being put on doors mm-hmm. and all this Absolutely. kind of stuff. And, Absolutely. Yeah. But overall, I suppose it's really looking for uh, an audience that will be interested in watching something on a weekly basis and getting our take on it and sharing their take with us. Like We love having the feedback of our audience. They're so much smarter than we are. It's great. We all sit down, we chat about a show, we go really in-depth on it, and then suddenly you look at the feedback and you go, how did we miss this massive plot point? (laughs) And then you have another 25-minute discussion that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So it's always about looking for that. We're all, I think... If you're a TV podcaster, you know, you'd probably say something like Lost and, and Game of Thrones were the two big shows that have had really, you know, lots of speculation around them, things to talk about. So you want to make sure that there's enough in a show to give you what, what you want to talk about and have an audience that's interested in kind of giving that feedback as well. So I think that's, yeah. that's kind of a fundamental for us, right? Yeah. And Marvel, we're just like, as well, we're just massive Marvel heads. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, so I think we were all, always going to do that. So, you know, I think, you know, initially it's definitely the, you know, the comic book slant is where we were coming at it from. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, maybe then like we covered Hannibal, um, I guess with Penny Dreadful, that the horror kind of side of things mm-hmm. or, or sci-fi elements or like I would be definitely up for for yeah. that kind of stuff. I guess with COVID, we just had to find things because all the Marvel stuff had been delayed, yeah. like as well. Yeah. So that kind yeah. of took us yeah. in a definitely a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're doing Star Wars. We've kind of uh, dipped our toe in the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. or galaxy, I should say. What, what are your? Because you've done it for six years mm-hmm. now. So what what are the favorite shows you've covered, and what are your least favorite? Okay, favorite show. I think we've covered. I'm going to give two. I'm going to have to say Gotham is probably my favorite show that we've covered just because we did it for the entire time from when it started yeah. all the way through to the end. Made loads of friends, actually, not just listeners. Uh, loads of friends out of that. That was great fun. And then my second one really was Lovecraft Country, which was just on HBO last year. Very in-depth show. We're Irish. We're, we've we've all been to America, but don't know much of the American experience and what we learned mm-hmm. out of that from our audience. There was so much great um, contact that we got with people sending us documents, people sending us articles about things to read about the history of the black American experience, which we wouldn't oh, have wow. known before that show. And it was so interesting getting some of the feedback that we got and loads of people thanking us for giving a different perspective on the show to them from being international podcasters talking about the show. And that just felt really, it felt like a real community that was built up over that show. Yeah. It's really good fun. That's, those are my two, I think. Yeah, I guess mine. mine's pretty close. I, I Lovecraft Country, I just loved. Um, absolutely loved, loved it. Lovecraft Country. Completely out of left field for me. And then yeah. um, The Boys. Uh, I just loved, yeah. and The Umbrella Academy, so I'm going to give three. Um, <laughs> I just, I loved The Umbrella Academy. I just loved the dynamic between the group. Um, the boys again it's the dynamic but I think that's what I'm always kind of looking for and yeah that they're my kind of three favorite but there is a special place for Gotham I mean sometimes Gotham was like an absolute slog because it was 22 was it 22 episodes so so long and it was kind of like oh my god this season was that season four was that yeah I I can't remember yeah. It, it was it was crazy, but I I think it was just so many people came on board with that, and we you know we got to know um, a few other podcasts from that as well. Mm-hmm. Were like now we're, we're doing some scripted comedy kind of shows um, as mm-hmm. well with uh, one of the presenters uh, of uh, one of the other Gotham podcasts, <clears throat> and um, 
which is really new uh, and has kind of been yeah. quite good doing some some improv it's uh, been stuff. Yeah, um, I'm, not, awesome. I'm not sure whether the listener. I'm sure the listeners think it's quite funny, <laughs> but uh, at least the overall show. But I'm not sure about well, our own it's a little kooky. It's a little kooky. So there's kind of been that side <laughs> yeah. of things as well, you know, where, mm. where it's sort sort of slightly different podcast. Di- well, slightly different podcasting, I guess. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which has been interesting. I'll I'll put a, some recency bias on it. Um, One division. Oh yeah, yeah. It just literally the fervor around what has been Disney Plus and the the conversations and theories mm-hmm. on yeah. a weekly basis. We joke about Mephisto, but like we were all like, "Oh my god, this is why they're going to introduce like uh, Reed Richard." Oh my god, this is what this is how they're going to do mutants. Or, I said Dr. it's going to be Dean. shit. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, Doctor Doom or Sword. It's Shield in space. It's not Shield in space, but it's Shield in space. All of this just fun. But it was just the back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, and I know there's a, like I said, recency bias, but it is just. I think it was the initial kickoff of Disney Plus's MCU, mm-hmm. and it's now cemented that this is going to be quality. It well, yeah, that right. plus obviously. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, because mm-hmm. um, they have to call oh, it by Chris. the end title. <laughs> the end title, you got to call it that card. Um, See, I totally thought you were going to go for Invincible there, Chris, um, which is another so, one that we covered recently, which was fantastic. God, that was so yeah, good. That's the next one. Yeah. Like that was, I, that is my again recency. Just it was one of the. For me, it's one of the first animated, and I was I was afraid because I'm a huge Invincible fan mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. all issues multiple times I'm actually on my th- third run through it now on the omnibus compendiums the one two threes um, and I love it and I, but I was afraid I didn't know how this was going to play out because yeah. it's one of our first animated it's long animated and I was like oh god this is either going to go really well or really badly mm-hmm. and it turns out it's just been this silent ever increasing buzz yeah. across the internet yeah. each episode grew audience yeah and grew the fandom and more and more people and now I can just see even to the same I'm still seeing people like the Invincible accounts on social media are retweeting people going oh I binged it this weekend I just found it and I love it yeah. and it's just this ever increasing fervour so I really think season 2 of that is going to be some of the best animated scripted TV in a long time fingers crossed we get it next year but we'll, well see, we'll see. Uh, gentlemen, I don't want to take up more of your time because I know it's it's almost six o'clock where you are. So I assume dinner, drinking, mm-hmm. and and other merriment. Where I'm trying to down my coffee and wake up here. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna get into our speed round, mm-hmm. which starts off with a question from a previous guest. We do our speed round. Each one of you will have a question for a future guest who I don't know who it is yet. Okay. So we'll we'll just go from my right to left. So in Derek, John, Chris order. This question, to kick it off, is from Lou Graziani. He made Duel the Fates Toy Box Edition. Maybe you guys would like this. He, the Colin Trevorrow's script that leaked, Duel the Fates, mm-hmm. he is recreating it uh, 12 minutes at a time with action figures. Fantastic. The first three chapters are out right now on YouTube. Oh, I'll have to have check that. It's, it's super funny. Uh, he builds the sets out of cardboard. His, his kids and family and friends are doing the voices. Fantastic. It's, it's a hoot. <laughs> so, and this, is, it, this works because you guys are doing Bad Batch mm-hmm. right now. So he says, if you had to invent a new Star Wars droid, what would it be and why? What would it be and why? Can I just invent a droid that would go to all my meetings for me? 
uh, in work. I'd love I one. I, I'm sure great. it's just a recording <laughs> machine, basically, that would just uh, take my place. So, so an Android that looks like me that would sit in the meeting. That would be my, uh, that would be my droid. Um, I would invent a droid that effectively would be a drinks dispenser that would come around with me, whether it be coffee or whether it be a gin and tonic or a pint of lager. I like that. I maybe I like, I'll, like if it was kind of all too detoy with a round head, you could take it off, and there would be the pretzels or the peanuts yes. or something like that. Yeah, like that. Chris, uh, I'll go for the most useless droid. Just a, it's a cube with a cube head. So like <laughs> when, when we have BBAs and all them, like it just spin around. This one just sits in one area and never goes anywhere. <laughs> it's like the most useless droid in the world. Um, so I got, but you I got know it will sell millions because it will be the perfect like mantelpiece. Figure. Uh-huh. It's just a it square with off. a square. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. I like it. Derek, first nerd thing you bought with your own money. Most nerdy thing probably is as my Nick Fury, David Hasselhoff movie. Uh, bought that on DVD the first time I went to America because it never aired over here, so I needed to get a copy of it. And I don't care what anybody thinks. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that is very nerdy. John? Um, probably, nerd-wise, it was probably uh, the Star Wars at ST from Return of the Jedi. Chris? Uh, for me, it would have just been comic books. Yep, plain old simple. First money, first comic books. First fictional crush slash current fictional crush, Derek. Uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Yeah, there you go. That's Current and first? Current and probably first, yeah. 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 I think I think actually Nick Fury had, had some pretty good biceps in the 90s as well, so... And that hair. There, there is something about that, like, on the way to Silver Fox. Yeah, I, I know hair. this is an audio recording, but Mike can, can verify I pretty much have Nick Fury's hair as well. So I have that. Yeah. I have the great temples as well. So, yeah, so <laughs> that's, that could be it. <laughs> uh, my, my first one probably was Agent Scully from X-Files. Um, yeah, weirdly as well yeah, for a gay man, but nonetheless, and um, and <laughs> I guess it was before I knew undeniable yeah. sexuality. I, I, I guess it's that you know she looks good dressed up as a man, um, and also probably yeah, exactly, and also yeah, maybe I just didn't know at that time, or did I? Who knows? Um, and then current one, I guess it would have been. John Carter of Mars. Um, well, yeah. Uh, first, probably MJ, because like everyone classic. loves a redhead, classic yeah. kind of the jeans with the white T-shirt and the Spider-Man logo. It's just always yeah. there in my head. Um, more recently, uh, Agatha Harkness. It was Agatha all along. Captain yeah. Han is just just amazing. Wow. If you could change any TV show by making the lead character a baby, but the plot still stays the same, which character would you change? I'm jumping in. The Witcher. Oh, right. I love this. This is our second Witcher. I do want to see a long-haired baby fighting monsters. (laughs) Yeah, come on. It just, in Nappy as well, with just two silver swords, or a silver sword and a steel sword. That would be amazing. (laughs) <laughs> that's fantastic i do like that idea um i i probably it's coming up with the the loki show um for marvel like that's going to be loki messing with the world but i'd love to see a baby mm. loki messing with the world that would be hilarious i would say yeah i'd i'd say picard john luke <laughs> <laughs> he's already got the hair exactly the, yeah the babies have that and instead of you know make it so it's just kind of like last truly great thing you watched the last truly great thing that I watched was probably 
if I'm honest, of late was Rogue One. So it's been a few years since you've seen something really yeah. great. No, I, I just ca- I can't necessarily think, but I do remember at the time going, Rogue One, like just from a pure kind of uh, Star Wars perspective, was awesome. And I didn't, quite yeah. frankly, I didn't really care much for the other three. Just like the visuals, it felt like people that had seen the uh, 4, 5, and 6, you know, in the 80s or earlier, yeah. you know, at that time, this felt like it was made for them now that they were, like, 40-odd or whatever, you know, mm. or late 30s. Um, Thanks for covering for me, though, John. I, I remembered what yeah, it was. Yeah, you covered well. Uh, it, was, it was The Mitchells <laughs> versus The Machines was the last great thing I saw. That oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. Well, yeah. excellent animation um, from the studio that gave us uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse and fantastic, great fun uh, movie. So, there you nice. go. Chris? Uh, the name of the thing is Promising Young Women. I know oh, it got the yeah, Oscar yeah. nod, but yeah. it's like yeah, just as a narrative story, the, the the subversion of the genre, the the mm-hmm. the M Night Shyamalan twist at the end. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I would say I would argue even better. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 She wasn't yeah. an alien. The twist. At the end. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. All comes the phase, and it was not an alien. She's a lizard, reptilian. Please get it right. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say promising young women. Yeah, that one's yeah, great. Good. Okay, question for the next guest. Um, I, I, I think you re- you referred to it earlier on, Mike. I'm going to use the same one that I used last time uh, that we recorded the podcast. It didn't get out there. So, a beard or no beard is the uh, is the question. Um, do you Not like do you like no guys beard. with beards or without beards or women with beards or without beards? I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> John, uh, what would be your horror nightmare? And Chris. Uh, for any fans of uh, 1990s Polly Shore films, uh, specifically one called Biodome, if you were a yogurt, would you be fruit at the bottom or stirred? <laughs> Love it. Wow. And sh- Gentlemen. Should we do a collective one as well? Please sing <laughs> sure. the first verse of the American National Anthem. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, can you? Sorry, the question I'll, is, can I'll, you? I'll and if so, prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you again so much for joining me. Where can everybody find all the things you You make? can find everything to do with TV Podcast Industries on tvpodcastindustries.com, our central hub for everything we cover. We're on pretty much every single podcast catcher and podcast player uh, just under TV Podcast Industries. Or you can search for whatever show you're into, and we probably are covering it. Just uh, we'll, You'll find us uh, through that, too. Awesome. All right, gents. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mike. That's great. Thanks, Mike. Cheers, Mike. And thanks, guys. Bye. We are back from the interview. Mike, you know what? Those were some blokes. And yeah. they did a great job. You? Thank you. C plus. On their behalf. Yeah. Highest grade I've ever given you. That is the yeah. highest grade you've ever given me. <laughs> uh, I will say, so you heard a little shy of 20 minutes of us talking. If you want to hear double that, go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash filter. And we talked for way longer, even more speed round questions, even more digging into shows that they like and do not like. I don't understand, Mike. This week's cast pen about what city we're going to tour is on Patreon this week. You're saying that in addition to that, there's the rest of that interview? In addition to that. This sounds like the greatest deal on the internet. There's a bunch of stuff over at Patreon. There's always longer interviews. There's always cast pens. If you're a Movie of the Year fan, there's extra segments of that. You get those shows early. 
It, there's this, everything over there. I'm I'm sorry, Cassie, to so seamlessly transition, but I wanted to pay. I know. Please, so please go. <laughs> podcast Industries. And hey, audience, just so you know, after we are done recording, Cassie is going to She's yell at both be... of us for being so seamless with our transition. She has this so cat mad. of nine tails that just normally hangs <laughs> loose around her belt, and it's just in her hand swirling around right now. You know what you did. But yeah, since you're already on websites, if you want to go ahead and tell me about some other websites, but remember, you did do Patreon, so give me the other ones, Mike. Yes, Cassie. You can also go to yourpopfilter.com <laughs> to get everything we put out there, and you'll like it. And then also throw a slash Amazon there yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Bookmark that. That's how you shop at Amazon. They're nice. You'll like them. They're, They're nice. nice. Like, and oh, Ryan- I forgot you're nice to like them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. Ryan, Mike also mentioned Movie of the Year already, but I guess if you want to talk about the other shows as well, because he did already do this, but go ahead and go for it. Tell me about the other shows. Uh, I mean, this is Superhero Show Show and then Movie of the Year, so subscribe, release. Recycle, <laughs> release. Release. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, download and shake and then you will have all of those shows and then of course also the Unnatural 20s a show where three people take a leap lower and shoot a hot dog at their friends that's another podcast you can listen to <laughs> uh, thank you for that and Mike you messed up because you didn't tell us about social media earlier so now's your chance to make up so for that so now I messed up <laughs> Oh, no. Okay, you have the whip. At your pop filter. Oh, and Mike, it does say here that uh, without you doing it to the tune of another bite, another one bites the dust, that Cassie will whip you with a cat of nine tails. Mm -hmm. At your pop filter on Twitter. (laughs) Also on Instagram. At your pop filter. At your pop filter. At your pop filter medias. I've never seen him nail something so hard. (laughs) (laughs) We also have an email. It's contact at your pop filter. If you just want to compliment Mike for how well he did that, do email that over contact at your pop filter. Uh, Next week, we got another big episode because for the main event, after all these shows... Don't laugh (laughs) while you're saying it. It makes it seem like a lesser episode. (laughs) After this episode where we had so many premieres, we'll be talking about Fear the Walking Dead finale for the main event. No. I'm out. Not, not <laughs> no, Mike, come Mike, on. You can't After miss this it, kind Mike. Of killer, I, I know the, the show will be so good, but I'm, I just can't make myself watch it. I'm not, com- I'm not coming. Mike, come on, buddy. Well, also to look forward to, I guess Mike won't be on that episode. We'll also have an interview with the ladies from that. So is that Captain America podcast? Yeah. So is that so Raven's <laughs> Captain America? <laughs> And that's clear, and I can't wait for that. Uh, but for Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone. Did you say but for? But for. What's a but for? God damn it. Big silly. <laughs>